Hey everyone, and welcome to episode 5 of Death Space Filling the Void. I've got a great episode today featuring my friend Rajiv Fernandez. And one of the things I've learned while working on this podcast has been has been the many ways that friends and people you know are, are working their way through grief and, and trying to help others. And it may be something that they don't talk about often or ever. This episode is a perfect example. I didn't know that Rajiv was putting together care packages for his friends when they lost a parent. And for people who don't know Rajiv, based on his design background and attention to detail, that means these people are getting these beautiful, well-thought-out, well-designed packages that are super personal. So I'm excited to share this episode where Rajiv talks about his unofficial Dead Dads Club. As he says, it's not a club that you want to be in, but it can mean a whole lot for people who are suddenly thrust into it. So this is episode five of Death Space Filling the Void, and that means it's the last episode of season one. After this, I'll be switching to season one of my other podcast, That Gives Me Anxiety. I've got five episodes lined up for that, and I'm very excited to uh, start getting that out into the world as well. After five episodes there, I'll be coming back to Death Space Filling the Void for Season 2, which is ten episodes already done, taken care of, and uh, a lot of wonderfully honest interviews around grief and life. and uh, So yeah, uh, stick around, and, and this podcast will, will definitely be coming back. Before we jump into the interview with Rajiv, I want to let you know that today's episode is brought to you by Garnished Entertainment. Are you missing your friends? Tired of unwinding in front of the TV? Losing your marbles ever so slightly? Shake up your night with a Garnished virtual cocktail event. Garnished Entertainment is a New York City-based mixology event company with the mission of bringing communities together through creative and entertaining virtual cocktail classes. Whether you're catching up with old friends, team building with colleagues, or looking for the perfect date night, Garnished would love to be your host. Let's Garnish! Today's episode is also sponsored by My Software Tutor. Do you fear the spreadsheet? Phobia be gone! My Software Tutor offers three levels of real-time Zoom-based courses with a live instructor. They all deliver practical, functional business skills in a friendly, supportive environment. These courses will increase your marketability, whether you're an employee, job seeker, consultant, or contractor. Register at MySoftwareTutor.com and use promo code POD20 to save 20% off all registrations. Alright, as always, please look for Death Space Filling the Void on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. And if you're enjoying the show, please remember to rate and review it. Thank you so much for listening and supporting Season 1 of Death Space Filling the Void. And I hope you'll check out Season 1 of That Gives Me Anxiety. Alright, thank you so much, and enjoy. Now joining me on the podcast is Rajiv Fernandez, a friend of mine I know through Improv, who's an illustrator, uh, also goes by the moniker Little Icon, Uh, also used to be an architect. Still am, but uh, trying to spread more positivity in the world through illustration right now. Right, a lot of your work has been featured pretty prominently on like the streets of New York City, which is amazing. Yeah, no, it's exciting. It's good to be able to connect with people in a medium that... um, you know, I can put out there really fast. 
like I just had this image go viral over 4th of July and it was a, just a simple American flag, but it was just spelled out with Brianna Taylor's name. And, um, you know, just be able to connect with a ton of people through such like a simple message. You know, it, it was, it made me feel good. It made me feel like what I was doing was worth it. Right. Well, congratulations. That's awesome. Thank you. Well, the other project that you kind of have going on, and I didn't even know you were doing this, but you are, would you say you're the founding member of the unofficial Dead Dads Club? That's right. <laughs> I'm like the dead parent liaison, it seems. It's it's not a club anyone you know aspires to be in, but right. when you get in, it's like a fraternity. Like you're, you're taken care of by the other members. Well, it's so and nice. How did that get started? Well, first my dad died. No, so like my, my dad died when I was pretty young, um, when I was 20. And mm-hmm. so it's something that I'd experienced and I've lived with, you know, one parent for a, a good portion of almost half my life. And now that a lot of other friends, their parent, their generation is starting to die off, right. um, you know, they kind of talk, they're like, oh, well, you've been through this experience. Like, what should I expect? Mm-hmm. And the funny thing is, it's like, there's no guidebook to it. And I, yeah. I, I tell them every single time, I'm like, y- you can't, grief works differently for every single person. But I think one thing that's really important is to have a support system there. And, and I think mm-hmm. everyone that goes to an experience like this realizes that and they're willing to help and contribute, which is nice. I haven't met a single person that's like, nah, I'm good. Like, I don't want to help out. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm lucky to have both of my parents. It's just such a hard experience that you feel like you can pass along something, anything, like different tips to someone who just lost a parent? I remember, okay, there are a few things I remember when my dad died, when people when people told me. Mm-hmm. Um, one was my friend Rohini, she's like, oh man, like, I don't know what to do. She's like, I wish I could give you some naan. And I'm like, what the fuck? Like, this is like the dumbest thing I've ever done. Naan? Just food? Yeah, naan, like, yeah, like the Indian bread. Yeah. And I was like, this is, this, what the hell is wrong with her? But the thing is, <laughs> that's the only thing I remember. And therefore it's also the most comforting thing. And so then when, when, when her, her dad died some years later, I said to her, I'm like, I wish I could give you naan. And she's like, what the fuck is that supposed to mean? I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> so, so actually that's actually what i tell everyone now it's um uh, say like you know this is gonna sound really stupid but i wish i could give you some non you know i just i just want to give you some comfort food yeah well there's so much comfort in food right exactly oh yeah well we'll get to that um <laughs> but but the other thing was a, a family friend of ours she said you know i lost my dad when i was like 16 and she said like you know, expect the grieving process to take about three years and i was like Three years, like what, what kind of uh, like timestamp is this? This is ridiculous. Like and all then, of a sudden, you know, yeah. it's been three years. I feel better. Then, yeah. And then after three years, I was like, oh, this is like, you know, a lot easier to handle. So mm. I don't know if it was like subconsciously in me thinking that, oh, when three years comes, I'll get over it or, or not. But, you know, like I was saying before, it's like grief, like everyone like handles it so differently. I, I dealt with it at first by like eating a lot. I was just like binge eating like my feelings and everything. Well, where were you at that time? Were you, were you living with your parents? No, so um, I, I was in college um, okay. and it was, it was right before Thanksgiving break. 
And my parents had gone to Southeast Asia to Cambodia and Thailand on vacation. Mm-hmm. And I was, I was about to leave that day to go to London to meet my sister for spring break. And mm-hmm. that morning I get a call from my sister. I'm like, ah, like, what do you need? Like, what else do you need? And she's like, Pa had like a massive stroke and it doesn't look good. So oh, um, no. that, that was like one of those things where we all just dropped everything and we flew out to Thailand to basically, you know, spend his last two weeks comatose with him and, you know, bring his body back home. So. Oh, wow. I'm so sorry. That must have been so difficult and, and feeling helpless and yeah while you're in the air yeah i remember like i remember like having my sunglasses on and like crying and then like when the air hostess like walked by she's like can i get you anything i was like no thank you a ginger ale actually just um, crying (laughs) oh my gosh no no it's like it's a whole array of emotions you know when when something like suddenly happens like that and well um, what are some of those emotions is it just like shock is it I, I would, yeah, like, you're definitely in shock, like, you don't know, like, what to say, like, I remember talking to my mother, and I'm like, wow, she seems, like, pretty calm and everything, and it, it seemed like people that, that weren't the immediate family were having such a more difficult time than us, and I think, you know, we're just trying to, like, absorb this, this thing that, like, just hit us, uh, like a pile of bricks, mm-hmm. and especially when there was no sign of illness, you know, leading up to his death. Right. And I remember as soon as my brother got there, like a day before my sister and I reached, and I just remember like, as soon as like we all saw each other, then like the emotion hit and like the situation sunk in. Mm. But I, I will say with it just being our family in Thailand, in this foreign land, it kind of allowed us to take in that moment together rather than having like the distractions of friends and family coming by and, you know, trying to help out. So, you know, it it allowed us to really have a private moment with each other, Mm -hmm. which is in retrospect, something that I was like thankful for. Just like Um, a breath. Yeah. It's like, you know, it's like, um, we didn't have to deal with, you know, like, uh, a long lost friend who like wanted to come say, you know, something or it was just very private. It was just us. So that, that, that was nice. And, and one thing, one thing that my father always taught me growing up was never feel bad for yourself because someone always has it worse. And, uh, very true words. Yeah. Yeah. And at, at that time, you know, I just kept thinking, God, like, how could this happen to us? Blah, blah, blah. And the doctor, he told us, he's like, uh, you'd be surprised about like how common this is. Like this, this does happen frequently. And, you know, I think that gave us a little bit of solace too, knowing that this wasn't a very unique situation to us. Other people have gone through this. And so there is, you know, a way out or there is, there is hope at the end of the road. What do you mean? Uh, like if this is happening so often and people walking around day to day seem to be fine, that gives you like the inspiration like right. you'll get back to that yeah i've never thought of it that way that's it, interesting it's, bas- it's basically like how they're putting you know people of color into leading roles on tv seeing representation it's mm-hmm. like like oh okay like you know my experience is being seen right now it, it was mm. kind of the same type of situation it's like oh other people have been through this okay okay i can i can get through this 
And yeah. then, yeah. And then, you know, for, I remember like in the immediate aftermath, it was just like a whole array of emotions when it would hit you. I remember at his funeral, I was like, I just could not stop laughing. <laughs> Oh, just like a nervous like, Yeah, like, well, you know how I, like, laugh at inappropriate times. Yes, you um, do. Yeah. And it, it I've been just, on improv stages with you, yeah. yeah it's like, just, just like the simplest thing where, like, I remember, like, my cousin went up to speak at the funeral and just the mic, just like, she was so close to the mic, it was super loud. And my sister and I just, like, burst out laughing, like, you know, we're putting our heads down, like, on the pew and everything mm -hmm. and shaking with laughter. And then... I just feel my aunt rubbing my back saying, it'll be okay, it'll be okay. While <laughs> so you're laughing. So I have to pretend that like my laughter is like sobbing. Um, yeah. But, uh, <laughs> it, my, but you know what, like my father was also known to laugh at inappropriate times. So I guess, I guess I was just honoring him. But, yeah. Um, but yeah, so like, you know, I was in the pew, like laughing hysterically. And then like, within like five minutes, then my mother was like sobbing and, my brother was just stoic and it, it's so strange how uh, you know people deal with it and um, yeah grief hits as you said grief hits people in different ways yeah you, you can't you can't predict it but then you know i remember like two months later i was just lying in my dorm room and then just this wave of emotion came across me and i was like i never cry and like what like why am i like so uncontrollably sad right now things like that would happen and that, that's what I've that's what I've told a lot of friends now it's like you don't know when it's going to hit you but when it does it'll take you by surprise and it, it, it's unpredictable but as long as you know you have people that are there to support you you'll be good and like how can people best support someone in, in a time of grief in your opinion I think just First, like acknowledging it, acknowledging what happened to the person, acknowledging the loss that happened. I remember I became very resentful to a lot of friends just because they didn't reach out. They didn't call or, or send a text uh, or anything. Yeah. And I felt extremely resentful. And then like, you know, another friend would say like, oh, they just didn't know what to say. And I'm like, but like, I, I just, I felt so hurt. Like they didn't care. And so I, I think it's always it's always a good idea just to even if you don't know what to say, just say I'm sorry. I don't know what to say, but like I'm thinking of you. Totally. Even and, the uh, even the wildly overused at this point thoughts and prayers. Uh, yeah, exactly. At least there's a knock on the door instead of no nothing. That's true. Well, I actually I, I remember when everyone would say like, "Oh, you're in my prayers." I'm like, "You don't pray." <laughs> 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 I saw you on Saturday night. You definitely did not go to church. <laughs> right. I, I think just reaching out to someone, it, it makes them feel like that they can contact you. Even, even when people say like, oh, if you need anything, like, let me know. I mean, you know, they're not going to go out of their way to be like, hey, I need something. But, uh, right. but even just knowing that, knowing that someone's willing to be there for you is, is really, is really comforting. Yeah. Um, so Absolutely. one thing that I've, I've been doing as of late is, so bereaved people love gift baskets, all right? <laughs> of course. <laughs> I remember these friends of ours back home, they sent us this gift basket and had all these great wines and cheeses and sausages and stuff. And like, we went crazy over it. Like, oh, this is like hitting the spot. This is so good. And, <laughs> 
And then they sent one again the next year. And we're like, oh, this is fantastic. <laughs> and then the third year, we're like, we're just like waiting at the door. We're like, where's the gift basket? <laughs> <laughs> I need Come sausages. On. Let's go. Yeah. Cheese. And so we're like, oh, I guess they don't care about us anymore. But, um, <laughs> but it, so with that gift basket idea, I, um, I started mobilizing my, my friends when a parent dies. And uh, I, I jokingly call it bereavementbasket.com. <laughs> But what what it is because is, it's not a real no no it's not, right for everyone listening it's not like a real website this is I, I thought, for its I, friends group my entrepreneurial spirit thought about you know looking into it and making it something but mm-hmm. it's like nobody wants to like register for comfort items that they'll want when someone dies so um, good point but what if it was just baskets like pre-made ideas that you could exactly well the other thing is usually these baskets have a lot of alcohol in them so there's some like legality issues of being able to you know sell that gotcha money. yeah um, don't want to be setting somebody down uh, a bad path potentially as well yeah or or just like you know high schoolers buying it for a friday night <laughs> there's that too but but basically what it is is I send out the last few times I've done it. I just send out an email to our mutual friend group and they say, Hey, Brie, people love gift baskets. Let's, um, let's put one together for our friend j- just so that um, they know that we're thinking of them. And, 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 you know, like we all just chip in like 20, 30 bucks or something. And, and that gives us a couple hundred dollars to play with. Go to, go get some nice foods like from Italy, for example, for New York. Um, a nice like uh, bottle of whiskey or, or wine. Another thing I like to include is some gifts from the MoMA store. A lot of us are designers, so they have a lot of fun things that we like. I especially like giving puzzles. It's a really nice way to kind of take your mind off things and you know put something together. Um, this sounds incredibly like, well curated. Yeah, it's like, like like the pieces of your life have fallen apart. You can put it right back together. Oh my god, I knew there was a pun or some sort of metaphorical joke in here somewhere. Um, no, but then you know we put it into a bag, and with me being a hustler that I am, I, uh, I I'll, I'll customize the bag with a little icon drawing of some sort. It's like if you're gonna give a gift, make sure you can you can brand it somehow. But um, <laughs> no, all, all kidding aside, it's just giving just like receiving like a basket from your friends with comfort items that are personalized i i feel really um it's it's just you you feel a sense of gratitude to someone for thinking of you and because i i remember that is like when my dad died we would get ton tons of food came to us being from the Midwest, it was everything from like a casserole to rack of lamb and everything. And then even like, I remember someone sent like a plant and I was like, like, do you know what? Like this plant is so much better than flowers, flowers that will die within a week. Yeah. Um, it allows you to kind of take care of it. And, you know, you, you kind of remember, you remember that person who gave you that plant because that's going to be around for a while. So um, yeah, plants seem like a good idea too, because I, I find in, in moments of grief with myself is that like y- you take like a little success and and a little mental lift and yeah. you can build upon that. I always think about it like a like a stepping stone or, or stairs to feeling better and, and caring for a plant and having it doing well, I think is a, a very small step that can lead to bigger steps. 
Yeah, I mean, like, I feel like people thrive when the things that they nurture and care for thrive. So very true. Be a plant or, you know, a puzzle coming together or a meal that they cooked from these ingredients. I, I think these are just like very small ways saying like, sure, some you we lost like you lost something that was very close to you, but we can still keep living. We can still keep things living and going. The gift basket idea, you know, it, it's it's another way to just also kind of communally say like your your group of friends are here for you. People also feel comfortable taking someone out, you know, like for dinner or like doing their own thing personally with them. But like this gift basket idea among my friends, it, I I find like it's a good way to kind of let our friend know that. We're there for them right now. And then in due time, we can each do individual things with them. Um, yeah. It, it, it's, it's a good way. I, I feel like it's a good way to kind of replace the, I don't know what to say thing. Completely, like, completely. Here's, here's, here's a little token to acknowledge that. That's the next to- level of like taking a step. Like, you know that people may not want to cook or they haven't been out of the house for a little while or hey people like you said people just love gifts back gift baskets so right you're just taking that step and and you don't know what to say sometimes you don't have to say anything just other than like hey let's let's get some non yeah it's like exactly i mean like silence silence doesn't help anyone you're curating these like well-designed thoughtful with like high quality items like I, I'm putting myself in someone's shoes who's receiving this. Like, what are the reactions? I feel like I would just like explode with tears as I was unpacking and and you know using the olive oil from Italy to dip bread into. Usually, the the last few times I've dropped them off is I just one was during the time of COVID, so it was really just a handoff, and and the other other time I left it in my friend's uh, office when he was away, and um, but like. You, you you can you can tell you can tell mm-hmm. like it, it meant something to them after going through that experience you, you never want someone to feel like alone uh in a time of grief and so it, it's just a way to say like hey we're all there for you yeah, yeah. like and like re- recently we had a uh on father's day we had a a, a ddc a dead dad club get together <laughs> in, in prospect park and it was nice we didn't talk about our own individual experiences mm-hmm. with death, but we made like tons of death jokes and uh you know it, it's like it's like a safe space you know you can say stuff that's gonna be perceived as insensitive elsewhere but once you've gone through an experience like that you know there's people who under who understand that making jokes is a form of dealing with your grief certainly absolutely yeah like um, no, one thing i've noticed is like no one who's gone through experience of a parent dying has ever said like, oh my God, I can't, like, I can't believe you said that. Like, that's so inappropriate. Only people whose parents are still around have said that to me. And I'm like, you'll get it, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, <laughs> you'll get it. Yeah. Some levity in your life. Right. Uh, and, and the other thing is, even though I lost my, my father when I was young, it doesn't change the emotions of what someone goes through when they lose a parent when they're a lot older. You know, it, it's 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 still the loss of someone you've been connected with for such a, a long time. I, I tell people like, oh, don't feel bad for me that I lost, lost my father when I was young and everything. Like in the time that I knew him, I had a great father. He 
mm-hmm. gave me a lot of values and loved me. Feel bad for the people who have like shit fathers out there, you know, the ones, ones who, who abandoned. That's a very good point. Or, yeah. I, I think having to, to live with a, a father that's not, or, or a parent that wasn't present in your life is much more difficult than losing a, a parent that you can retain good memories of. That's true because you still have everything he taught you and, and you have such good memories and, and that won't be taken away from you. Yeah. I mean, I also feel like I'm being judged constantly because I'm like, oh, my father would be so pissed if he saw that of what I'm doing right now. Like, <laughs> like, like, like going from an engineer to an architect to an illustrator. It's like, okay, stop. <laughs> it's the wrong way. Um, right. It's like when I, when I like, when my first book published, you know, someone came up and said, your father would be so proud of you right now. I'm like, if he knew how much money I was making from this, he'd be so pissed. <laughs> <laughs> right. He wanted me to have security, not... A, a creative hobby for a job, but you're doing so well right. in it. Right. But, you know, to kind of um, go back to what I was saying at the very beginning, my artwork now is something that I do to feel like I'm putting purpose out in the world. Mm. And, you know, I've been thinking about this a lot. When someone dies, nobody says like, hey, you know how much money this guy made? no one says that on their like their deathbed is like, I want to be remembered for all this money I made or like this big ass house I lived in. They, they remember the more the subjective qualities of them. They were kind, they were nice. They tipped Uh, well. Yep. Exactly. (laughs) They looked out for other people. So it made me realize that, you know, having a job that pays well, but I have little satisfaction from is, is not worth it. And so when you go through these moments where you lose life, it makes you want to embrace the life that you have currently and make sure it's worth it by by the time you get to the end. It's a beautiful thought. Yeah. Yeah. Like that one politician said like, hey, the older generation is going to have to sacrifice themselves for the economy. Yeah. And I'm okay with that. Yeah. So like I went around telling people like, oh, I remember my, my grandmother's deathbed. She said, grandson? I wish the economy was better. <laughs> your last breath. <laughs> I no hope your Apple stock. Yeah, no, no. no. That's that. hilarious. Well, I kind of wanted to close on, first off, does Indian culture, what do they do surrounding death? And did your family practice that? Yeah, so um, death is like my family's thing. You know, we're <laughs> kind of like the Kennedys, like we all kind of die young. Mm. Um, so the men in my family don't have such great luck. When my uncle died about four years ago, my brother, said, first thing he said to me is like, so you know we're like middle-aged, right? And I'm like, uh-huh. Yeah. Oh, God. The odds are not in my favor. But um, we're uh, Christian Indians. So we're not like the Hindus where we take you know, the ashes up to the Ganges and everything and this person. But we still, we still do like cremation. I remember when, my, when I was young, I asked my dad, I'm like, oh, what kind of like tomb do you want? And he's like, no, he's like, you can just cremate, cremate me and throw me in, into the Missouri River. And I was like, that's disgusting. <laughs> so then when he died, we cremated him. And then mm-hmm. I was like, well, I, I guess we'll throw his ashes into the Missouri River. That's what he said. Yeah. That was <laughs> so his wishes. It was like the most unceremonious thing. It was such, it was like an iced over river and we're all yelling at each other because we didn't want, because the eldest son has to throw the ashes into the water and that was my brother and like we didn't want him to fall in so we're all just screaming at each other so oh yeah 
But what happened was we cremated him over in Thailand, mm-hmm. brought him back over in the suitcase. And then you know, we had our memorial service. And then we dispersed some of the ashes in Iowa, where we're from. And then some of the ashes were given in a small urn. And my uncle took them to India and they spread those in the Arabian Sea, just as had been done for my grandparents. Oh, nice. Uh, and then when my uncle died, my entire family went out to India for his funeral because we knew that our cousins and my aunt needed us. We'd been through that and we, we were going to be there for them no matter what. They, they were there for us. So we, we, we owed them the comfort. Same that comfort, they, yeah. Again, it's one of those things where you just dropped everything and went. You know, we, we ha- you have the, the memorial and then you have the cremation. And, and the cremation, I must say, is like the toughest part. Because once you see that body going into the crematorium, it's like that hits you like this is a finality. There's no coming around the bush being like, psych, gotcha. Right. It's like, no, it, it's done. And I remember those were the times when it hit me the hardest. When we saw, push my father into the crematorium and then seeing my uncle do that again and I guess like in India you know these things are like all out there and and seen whereas in the U.S. I think it's a little bit more discreet um Mm. like putting someone into an oven so after we we got the ashes we took a boat out into the Arabian Sea there outside Mumbai and my father's cousin is a Hare Krishna and so he's this, a holy man. So he, he kind of led a prayer and did a, a Hindu prayer to kind of disperse my uncle's ashes. And when, when he did that, he also said, you know, a prayer for my father. And it was at that time when, like, I really felt closure with my father's death. It, it only took, it, that was 11 years after, after it happened. Why is that? It was just... Because you'd gone back to India? It was like, you know, we had time to like grieve and process it. And now we were there helping another family. Mm. And it kind of allowed us to like let go of the sadness of the death. Mm -hmm. Um, And it kind of put us into a position of where we have a chance to nurture someone else going, going through this. And I think that's, that's a moment when, you know, I really understood my experience can be used to help other people. A, a friend of mine lost her father like about a month ago. And it's one of those things where like drop everything, all hands on deck. And it's, it's nice that she can message me. She's like, I'm just having the worst day right now. I just need to scream. And like, I just, I just need to tell someone, but I feel like you're the only one who would get it. And I was like, I get it. I get it. Just scream, scream do like, it, let it out. It's fine. Um, yeah. I, I think it's like just that understanding of having a shared experience puts you in this in this club that no one wants to be in, but it's a good one to be in. Right, the world is better that there are clubs like this. Yeah. Well, you're uh, you're a great man, and I think this is very sweet. And thank you. Thank you very much for you know sharing all this with me. All right, peace, man. <laughs>